just love singing praises to Jesus. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. Oh, I'm so excited. We're almost ready to go to Jerusalem. Father says we'll be leaving in a day or two now. Uncle Daniel... How did you know that the king would let the Israelites go back to Jerusalem? I mean, how did you know several years ago? My father says you've been saying for years that just about this year we could go back. How do you know? How did you... Wait, wait, wait. I heard you. Oh, how did I know? I knew because Jeremiah the prophet told us so. He said that we would be held captive for 70 years and then would we be allowed to go home. How did Jeremiah know? Because God told him. He was a prophet of God. Are you all ready to go? Will you travel with us? Please do. Father said you could. Will you? Please? No, I'm afraid not, child. Oh, Uncle Daniel, why not? Child, all my heart cries out to return to Jerusalem. For you see, it was my home before Judah was conquered by Babylon. I was carried here as a prisoner of war, though I've been treated kindly, first by the Babylonians, then by the Persians. I've not been a free man. Oh, yes, yes, my heart aches to return. Then why don't you come? Please come with us, Uncle Daniel. I'll help you get ready. Son... Do you remember last week when you raced me to the stable? Yes. I got there and ran back and you weren't even to the big fence. That's because you're old. Yes. Too old for the long journey. Too old for the work of rebuilding the house, city walls, the temple. I couldn't be of any help in Jerusalem. But you've already helped by getting other people anxious to go, even if they were born here in Babylon and never saw Jerusalem. The prophet Jeremiah helped too, didn't he? Because God told him when we could go. Yes, he did. Imagine, knowing what was going to happen before it happened. Uncle Daniel, you're a prophet. Did God ever tell you about anything that was going to happen? Well, of course. Don't you remember when Nebuchadnezzar had his dream? Oh, I remember about his dream and about the hand that wrote on the wall. But those things happened to somebody else first. Has God ever told you something first? Yes. Yes, he has. Oh, how exciting. What did he tell you, and why haven't you told the people? Are you going to tell them? Are you? Now, wait, wait a minute. One question at a time. First, God has given me visions or dreams that I didn't understand. I didn't want to tell the people until I understood what the visions meant. So I've spent a great deal of time in prayer and study trying to understand. And you figured them all out? No, no, I haven't. But one day, God sent an angel to me, and he did tell me the meaning of some parts of my vision. You really heard an angel speak? Oh, tell me about it. Well, it was like this. I was praying. Oh, Daniel, I am come to give thee skill and understanding, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, 
Understand that from the going forth of the king's commandment to restore and rebuild Jerusalem shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. Then shall Messiah the prince stand up. So I learned that the Messiah is to stand up or begin his ministry 483 years after the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. 483 years from now? That's quite a long time, isn't it? But it will be important, won't it? The most important event this world will ever see. Did the angel explain everything you saw in the vision? No. No, there's still parts I do not understand. I'm afraid I'll never understand it all. For the angel said, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the books, even unto the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. History has recorded all this true. Gabriel Daniel that after after seven seven weeks three score score two weeks sixteen weeks score and I would come exactly sixty nine weeks of years or four hundred eighty three years after the signing of the third decree in four fifty seven B C for the Israelites to restore and rebuild Jerusalem Jesus the Messiah was baptized Gabriel had also said to Daniel. And the great prince, Michael, shall stand up, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to everlasting contempt. But thou, O Daniel, Shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. As the time of the end draws near and near, the book is being unsealed. People are studying and understanding God's plan as foretold to Daniel over 2,000 years ago. People are running to and fro. The world gets smaller as the means of transportation improve. Knowledge is increased in all fields. Communication, medicine, outer space, and other sciences, modern conveniences, and the secrets Gabriel told Daniel are, now, at the time of the end, being understood. For surely our redemption draweth nigh. Soon all shall awake from the grave, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow, and if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible and Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye.
with Sam. My guest today is my sister Lily and she's here to talk about sleep. Sleep? I thought you said sheep. Lily, I noticed that you go to sleep each night right at nine o'clock. Can you tell me why? Because I'm sleepy. But so many children at your age like to stay up much, much later. Yeah, and then they walk around the next day looking and acting like they're only half awake. My friend Sarah even falls asleep in class. Well, your friend Sarah doesn't understand how important sleep is to a growing mind and body. And you do? Sure. When you sleep, your body has time to heal. It's not busy digesting food or thinking about stuff. It just relaxes and fixes things. Fixes things like what? Oh, infections and different kinds of diseases. So sleeping is healing? Absolutely. And you don't snore in class. (laughs) I love it when Sarah does that, especially right after the teacher says something really serious. Everyone laughs and then Sarah wakes up and thinks someone told a joke. So she starts laughing too. Maybe you need to tell Sarah how important it is to sleep at night. No way. Then we wouldn't have anything to laugh at in class. Lily, we're supposed to teach people how to be healthy, not embarrass themselves in school. Okay, you're right. I'll call Sarah right now and wish her a good night. But it's four o'clock in the afternoon. Hey, she needs all the sleep she can get. This is Live with Sam. Good night. I mean, goodbye. 
God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, He established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Boys and girls, this is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Chapter 8, Secret Places Sammy couldn't wait to tell the others at school about the bathroom incident. Mr. Chambers knows there's a bathroom, but he doesn't want anyone else to know, Sammy said enthusiastically. How do you know that, Maria asked. Because he slipped and almost said the bathroom was off the kitchen. Then he caught himself and said the only bathroom is upstairs. Wow, Chris said, I wonder what he's hiding in there. That's what we've got to find out, Sammy said. I'm going to call Mrs. Shue after school and fill her in. I'll see if she knows any other reasons why people would need secret rooms in their houses. After school that afternoon, Sammy dialed Mrs. Shue's number. He told her about his discovery. Then he asked for advice. I have a book that may be of some help, Mrs. Shue answered. Why don't you and the rest of the shoebox kids come over tomorrow after school and we'll see what we can find out. The next afternoon, all the shoebox kids met at the Shue residence. While they were having another round of milk with Mrs. Shue's homemade cookies, Mrs. Shue brought a book to the table. Sammy almost choked when he saw it. That's the same book I got from the library, he exclaimed. It's all about secret rooms throughout history. I brought it home when I was working on my report about the Underground Railroad for school, but I haven't had time to read it yet. It does have a couple of chapters about hiding slaves, Mrs. Shue said, but what really interested me were the chapters about the early Christians who had to hide out. People hated them because they wanted to worship the one true God and not the many false gods of the Romans. So I bought the book a few years ago. I thought it might come in handy sometime, and now it has. Mrs. Shue turned to the table of contents. After scanning down the list of chapters, she turned to one. The kids looked at the title. It said, Christians in the Catacombs. Dee Dee wrinkled her face in confusion. What's that word? Cata what? Catacombs, Mrs. Shue repeated slowly. The last part is pronounced combs, like combs to fix your hair. Catacombs were caves or tunnels that existed under the city of Rome. During the early years of the Christian church, Christians came under attack by the Roman citizens for having different beliefs. If you were discovered to be a Christian, you would be severely punished, even killed. She turned a page. There was a drawing of a tunnel with people praying in it. Here we go, Mrs. Shue said. She began to read the caption under the picture. Christians met in secret tunnels in order to worship God without being caught and to escape capture by the Roman authorities who might be looking for them. So these were reasons a secret room was needed almost 2,000 years ago. I'm sure glad we don't have to hide to worship God today, Willie said. That would be awful, Marie agreed. Just think, Mrs. Shue said, we wouldn't be able to meet at the shoebox. Pastor Hill couldn't preach a sermon, and you wouldn't be able to have family devotions at home. You could even be punished for saying grace before you eat your lunch. But what about other secret rooms, Sammy asked. He didn't see what Christians hiding in the catacombs had to do with Mr. Chambers' hidden bathroom. Mrs. Shue turned to another chapter. Anne Frank's Secret Attic was the title. Who's Anne Frank, Chris asked. Anne Frank. 
Mrs. Shu said, was a real Jewish girl who lived in the country of Holland in the early 1940s. World War II was being fought with Germany. The Germans thought they were better than everyone else. They especially didn't like the Jews, which is why Anne Frank and her family went into hiding. They hid in sacred rooms in a friend's attic for many months before they were found. Then they were sent off to prison camps and eventually killed along with six million other Jews. Wow, Didi said softly, that's terrible. But why didn't the Germans like them, Jenny asked. Did they do bad things? The only thing they did, Jenny, Mrs. Shue explained, was to worship differently. But that still doesn't explain Mr. Chambers' secret room, Sammy said. I understand these other reasons for needing secret rooms, but they don't have anything to do with Mill Valley. Mr. Chambers' house was built in the 1870s. Why would he need a secret room? Sammy, I'm really not sure, Mrs. Shue answered. Maybe he does some kind of weird experiments, Maria said. Like making a robot, Chris laughed. He got out of his chair and walked with his hands stretched in front of him. The others laughed. Maybe he robs people and hides the loot in the room, Dee suggested. Yeah, Willie said. When the police come to search his house, they'd never be able to find anything. Pretty sneaky, huh? Maria agreed. Do you suppose he kidnapped someone once and kept him prisoner in there? Maybe he demanded ransom money. He'd be mean enough to do that, Sammy said. The rest of the shoebox kids agreed. Then they got very quiet. They suddenly realized Mrs. Shoe was staring at all of them with a very sad look on her face. I can't believe what I am hearing, she said slowly. After all our talk about being more like Jesus and how we think about others, how have you come up with these awful ideas about Mr. Chambers? The kids looked from one to the other. We've always heard older kids tell stories about him, Sammy said quietly. I guess we just went along without knowing whether any of it was true or not. I guess you did, Mrs. Shu said. I don't know much about Mr. Chambers, but I know he contributes quite a lot to various charities in town. Every year, a list of people who have given donations to the local soup kitchen and to the homeless shelter is printed in the paper. I always see Mr. Chambers' name on it. I have, too, Dee Dee agreed. I even heard Mom and Dad talking after one of their meetings at the shelter about how generous he is. I guess I just ignored what they said. I also remember Mr. Chambers writing a letter to the paper saying how ramps should be put in all over town to make it easier for handicapped people to get around, Mrs. Shue said. Willie, Jenny, and Sammy looked at each other. They knew this was probably true, too, as they remembered the ramp up to his porch. It seems to me, Mrs. Shue said, the evidence strongly suggests that Mr. Chambers is a wonderful, caring person. I guess he was pretty nice when we sold him the candy bar, Sammy said. Jenny and Willie nodded. Well then, Mrs. Shue said, I sure hope you have learned something today. It's too easy to believe untrue things about people, but we must keep ourselves from doing that. We should learn the truth about others instead of relying on what other people say. And Sammy, she continued as she turned to him, I can't say why there is a hidden room in Mr. Chambers' house, but I do know that many Chinese came to America in the 1800s. They were not liked at all. Perhaps your grandparents could give you some information on the Chinese during that time. It's entirely possible that, since they were so disliked, some of them had to hide out for their own safety. heard today is a chapter of the shoebox kids book nine the secret of the hidden room written by nancy speck edited and created by jerry d thomas and used with permission from the pacific press publishing association if you're interested in any other books published by the seventh day adventist church please visit adventistbookcenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955 
podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. The children come, please let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Life Talk Radio at lifetalk.net.